Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. The disrespect is coming out in full force. We have to talk about the Gophers, how they're going to be overlooked again in 2024 over the course of this offseason. Why you got to tune it out? What could happen for Minnesota? Can they get back to eight wins? We're going to talk about all of that today. And then finally, could recruiting still improve? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What is up, y'all? You are listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, we're talking Gophers football all day. All day long, we got to talk about this Gophers football team and prep for 2024, get the hype going, get the excitement going, but get some realism going as well. Now, that realism, in my opinion, from a national perspective, is maybe rising the outlook for the Gophers, but the realism from a fan's perspective is maybe tempering some of the expectations as well. So we're going to dive in onto that outside media perspective and why I believe the Gophers are going to be overlooked once again, but also if I think the Gophers can get back to eight plus wins in the 2024 season. We're going to dive into all of that today, so be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any Gophers daily content coming out here on the daily over at YouTube or wherever you get the podcast at Locked on Golden Gophers. Now today, let's talk about the outside media perspective first, because right now I think they're going to trash the team, plain and simple. Now I went out there and I looked at across YouTube, across articles, across Twitter. I went and searched way too early Big Ten rankings for 2024 when it comes to football. And I went out there and I read five or six different articles from all sorts of different networks, whether it was a major network, uh, a random YouTube channel, or just random users on Twitter. And what I saw from the Gophers when they're ranking all 18 teams in this new Big Ten landscape is something that kind of shocked me a little bit that almost every single one of them, I told you I looked at six of them, five of the six had the Gophers ranked as 15th in the entire Big Ten Conference, and the other one of those six had them ranked as 14th. So right now, people think Minnesota is going to be a bottom four, bottom five team in the entire Big Ten Conference, and I'm not sure I'm there. Now, people might say, oh, it's your because you're a homer, you cover the team, whatever. No, I'm looking at it from a more realistic lens. Now, their reasoning in these articles was the fact that they lost a lot of key things, but my question to you is, what are those key things? Tyler Newbin? Yeah, that makes sense. Brevin Spanford? Yeah, that makes sense. Joe Rossi? Sure. But outside of those things, everything else that the Minnesota Gophers may have lost was something that they were usually, those departures, those people that left were players that were criticized by outside fans and fans of the fan base as being not good enough. So if they weren't good enough and they 
took a different approach and was looking a different direction in that one, then how all of a sudden are they going to be worse? That's just the part I don't understand. Now, other reasonings from these networks and different outlets was that they were five and seven last year and that they are no longer in the big 10 West. Now, if you see this or you in an article, if you hear this or listen to this on whatever you're listening to, whatever the topic is, go ahead and turn it off. Go ahead and close that content early because that's lazy prediction lazy analysis and not looking at the overall picture it's lazy and it just shows the person isn't looking at the entire landscape which isn't realistic it's just a clickbait it's just a piece out there to get generate views clicks or whatever but when you're going to dive into this you need to potentially look at everything that's going on that's why i haven't even taken a stab at a way too early rankings quite yet because i want to put in the research i want to do that the extra i want to find out who's coming in who left and all of that stuff because right now just upon quick glance you're talking about 14 teams in the 18 team big 10 are going to have a new starting quarterback that alone can shake up so much in the conference on top of that, there's going to be four new head coaches. There's going to be eight or more teams with a new coordinator of some sort, whether it be offense or defense. And just looking at any team's record from last year is not going to show an accurate reflection of what that team will be next season. Plain and simple. Even if you were to do that task from the year before, you would have absolutely failed with Northwestern, absolutely failed with the Gophers, absolutely failed with Wisconsin, which some actually you probably wouldn't have failed with Wisconsin if you would have kept it that way. But the hype was so crazy that it didn't work out for him. But regardless, you have to go and look at the additions. You have to look at the coaching history. You have to take into account the time for adjustment with coaches and systems in a new program. That was a large reason on why I did not have Wisconsin winning the crazy 9-10 games that people were putting them at last season ahead of the year because I it wasn't because I didn't like Coach Fickle. In fact, I've said multiple times on this show, I actually really like Coach Fickle and I was mad that they made that hire. But it was because there was so much change, offensive system change, defensive system change, new head coach, still getting recruiting in. All of that takes time to get it in there. Now, maybe year two, all of a sudden they get closer to that 10 wins. That's a possibility. But year one for me is just not how it typically works. Now, there might be some anomalies out there, but it's not a regular thing. Now, on top of that, you could probably argue there's going to be similar expectations of Michigan State this upcoming year. People are going to put them in, and I saw them in the top eight of the Big Ten for a lot of people. It's going to take some time. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and be a bottom dweller and be a five-win team or anything like that. But what I am saying is that they might be in the middle of the pack. They might be in that 12th slot. And that's okay because it is year one with a new coach while you're still trying to get things implemented. Now, they could be a top 10 team, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take some effort and all of that. So I don't think it's a given by any stretch or thought process. Now, like I said, Minnesota should have finished with a better record last year, but I wasn't picking them to win the Wentz last year because I knew there was the unknown with the offensive coordinator and many starters gone with Tanner Morgan gone, who had been here entire time, John Michael Schmitz, Mo Ibrahim. There were tons of starters departing that Minnesota team from 2022 to 2023. And that is why I had the Gophers at about second or third in the West alone. I had Iowa winning the, the division last year, and that ended up happening. But what you need to know 
is that you don't know how long it's going to take for some of those younger guys to click. I thought Ethan Kalikmanis was going to have a lot of upside, and he possibly still could on his next journey. But I thought it was going to take him a few games to get it in there. Maybe by game four or five, he's starting to click, and then Minnesota gets on a run. But it never just really sat well throughout the entirety of the season. That could happen to a number of these teams with changes. Maryland, uh, Washington with the crazy changes. UCLA has a ton of changes that people are just assuming because they're coming over, they're going to be good. There are so many changes happening that you need to take more into consideration. And even with all the changes the year, uh, from 22 to 23 for the Gophers, I had picked them set seven or eight wins last year. And that's right where they should have finished if they didn't botch the Illinois and Northwestern games in the final two minutes of the game. So these media outlets aren't telling you that Minnesota is returning eight out of 11 starters on both offense and defense. They're just telling you they lost Tyler Newbin, and that's big. Brevin Spanford, and that's big. Joe Rossi, Kelly McManus. And even though they bring up Joe Rossi and Kelly McManus, those are still last year, this time, or last year, or in the middle of the season, I guess, is a better, better way to iron this one. In the middle of the season, they were talking about how Rossi was overrated, how Kelly McManus was overrated, and that they weren't good when they were here. But now, all of a sudden, those departures are going to hurt Minnesota to the point where they're going to be in the bottom of the Big Ten. That doesn't make sense to me. Now, I will do a very early rankings of the Big Ten, but not until I've done the research, a ton of research on each of the teams because I want it to be a well-researched opinion. Because the truth is, Minnesota might not be a top contender, but I don't think they're going to be the 15th team that everyone seems to be ranking them as. So we're going to do a whole Big Ten early rankings, uh, but not today. But I do want to talk about the Gophers next year and can they win eight or more games? We are going to talk about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors because it is time to spark up your vehicle, your MVP, and passion driving patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. They have everything you need, whether you're into speed, power, or style. eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you know you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you get a guaranteed fit for that part fitting your vehicle every time or your money back because with ebay motors you are burning rubber not cash and with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home the dub so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and the ebay guaranteed fit is for u.s customers only March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Govers fans, let's talk about can Minnesota get back to eight plus win season in 2024? Next year, with all the big schools coming in, with all of the changes happening, quote unquote changes to the big departures that we keep hearing about. Can they get back to an eight-plus win season? Now, your quarterback, Ethan Kalik Manis, is gone. But you've addressed that concern. You've brought in Max Brosmer, who brings a lot more experience with him, was an, a Walter Payton Award finalist, the FCS Heisman. He has the caliber. You've heard from his NFL-level quarterback coaches, plural, Quincy Avery and Sean McAvoy, who have both worked with Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Malik Willis, uh, the list goes on. C.J. Stroud, Deshaun Watson. They've worked with so many NFL caliber quarterbacks, and they all have no concerns that Max Brosmer can get the job done. He can anticipate the throws. He can read multi-field reads, and he can get the ball quick, out, out of his hands quick, and placed great. I won't say perfectly because nobody can really place it perfectly, but he can place the ball great. So you've got a quarterback that should elevate your game in 2024. That's a, That should be seen as a positive for the Gophers. You move on to the defensive coordinator. Yes, Joe Rossi is gone. Yes, Joe Rossi has given us some great years here with Minnesota, but you're bringing in a guy who has seen success at multiple levels, who has been a defensive coordinator for multiple programs, who had success at JMU, who has won multiple awards at the FCS level, who has experience in the Big Ten with having been with Rutgers over the past couple of years. And on top of that, he fits the current system, so it's not a complete change. It's not a complete scheme change where everybody has to relearn everything. You can take the concepts that you've been implementing into your players from the past however many years, what, four years now with Joe Rossi, and you still have tweaks and you still have changes and you have new wrinkles and different ways to switch things up, but it's not learning from scrap. It's not just starting from ground zero and building what your way up. So again, it's not something that is a... a ground shaking change at this point then people talk about it's you're no longer in the weak west and you know what you're right the west is gone divisions are gone so your schedule could get harder but if you look at what minnesota schedule was last year where they still should have won seven games minimum they didn't but they should have they competed in a lot of games outside of maybe two or three where they just got blown out but aside from that their schedule last year was a tough schedule. It was ranked as one of the top five, top 10 hardest schedules in college football heading into the season. And then you go back and you look at next year's schedule. It's really not that different. It's not drastically different. So why do you think that the Gophers can't get to that seven win range that they should have been at had they not fumbled two opportunities? And that's not even bringing up a Purdue game that Minnesota just absolutely collapsed mentally on instead of being in the game to play. So you really could argue, looking at the rosters, looking at the grounds for everything, Minnesota could have been around an eight-win team last year. They weren't, and they need to go out there and prove it. But you have the evolution of your younger players having played experienced minutes now. On top of that, your schedule isn't crazy harder. You have two tough teams, again, in Penn State and Michigan just like you had two tough teams last year in Ohio State and Michigan. Now, this year, you've got USC. And if you look at USC, yes, they're highly touted, but I don't think this USC team heading into 2024 is any better than the UNC team of last year with Drake May. 
So I think the UNC team from last year is probably better than the USC team that we'd have to play in 2024. So again, it's a game where you can be in there, especially if your team continues to progress with the younger players stepping into bigger roles. So overall, if you look at it all, I think there's a lot that could be in the Gophers' favor to be back in that 7-8 to eight win territory. Is it guaranteed? Absolutely not, just like it wasn't guaranteed last year. But it is not far and away or far off like some people are going to try to make it. And Minnesota probably isn't the 15th ranked team in the Big Ten. Because one thing that people are not considering enough is Darius Taylor. And you want to know why they aren't? Because he got injured. So the hype that he was building up calmed down. The worry of what he could do next year from opposing fan bases is also calmed down because he hasn't played a ton of games outside of the bowl game where people probably shrugged it off because it was against Bowling Green. But Darius Taylor proved he was for real no matter who he was going against. Iowa, uh, Northwestern, who had a solid defense. Uh, who else was in there? Blanket off the top of my head right now, but you get what I'm saying there. He showed out against multiple different levels of defense, and he always finds a way to fall forward. He always finds a way to scrap for extra yards. The kid proved he was special, and he's going to be one of the best running backs in the entire country. I have zero doubts about that. He will be a top 10, top 15 running back in the country, and that might not be doing him justice. He could definitely finish higher. In fact, he was the best running rush yards per game in the entire country last season in six or seven games that he played. He led the entire country with 133 rush yards per game. That was with everybody knowing Minnesota could not pass the ball. So you add in the fact that if Max Brosmer can elevate the passing game, even just slightly, even just a pinch, that opens up things for Darius Taylor, who can run wild and go crazy in his sophomore year, where not only he'll probably be faster, he'll probably be stronger, and the game will probably slow down for him having been through it. So Darius Taylor is going to be a problem. He's going to be a nightmare for some teams out there, and I don't think people are ready for it. Him alone, if he stays healthy with this offensive line, he alone could keep Minnesota away from that 15th rank. But on top of that, you have Daniel Jackson, who is a top four, top four receiver in the conference in receptions, touchdowns, and receiving yards last year. If you have a quarterback who can just be a smidge better, a smidge more consistent, hit the layups each and every time, his numbers should go up. So what I'm telling you is a lot hinges on Max Brosmer, yes, but if he can elevate it even just a tiny bit, this Gophers team is going to be in a lot of these games and surprise a lot of these people that are putting them near the bottom of the Big Ten. Now you look at the schedule, there are games they should win, there are games that could be toss-ups, and there are games that could be possible upsets. I think there are only two games where you look at the schedule and you're like, man, the Gophers probably lose that game plain and simple, and that's Penn State and that's Michigan. Regardless of Harbaugh being gone, regardless of J.J. McCarthy being gone, Tron Moore can get the job done. He's probably going to be the coach, and he proved in multiple suspension games that he could help that team be undefeated. So those two games, I'm not even going to talk about being any chance of pulling an upset. You go to your pulling upsets topic, 
Iowa, Wisconsin, every time. Those games are always down to the wire. Rivalries just hit different. So Minnesota can be in those games even in their worst type seasons. Those are possible upsets on top of USC, who I think, again, is going to be overhyped because Lincoln Riley, but they're going to take a step back before they take any giant steps forward and coming into the Big Ten will probably be a wake-up call. So those are three possible upset games. Then you go to your toss-ups. UNC is a toss-up game to me. Illinois, I would put as a should be a win, but until we actually beat Vilma, I, I can't do it right now. So I'm going to put them as a toss-up. UCLA, a toss-up. But again, similar to USC, I think the hype for them could be a little bit louder than actually what will happen in their transition. And then Maryland. Maryland, yes, they bring in MJ Morris, but they're losing the Big Ten passing yards leader. Like, that is not an understatement. That is going to be a big loss for them. On top of their number one wide receiver is gone. Multiple linemen are gone. Their defense, which was, I believe, in the top 30 last year, took some hits defensively. So they're going to be a toss-up game that people are probably going to count as a loss for Minnesota. And then you go to the games they should win, Nevada, Rhode Island, and I put in Rutgers because until I see a Rutgers team beat this Minnesota team, similar to until I see Minnesota beat Illinois, until I see the opposite, I'm counting it as a dub. So that puts you right in the conversation. Two games that you're absolutely probably not in it, but that means 10 games are out there that you could go win. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games, but I'm saying there's a chance to get above that seven to eight wins. And it is more realistic than what people are drawing up here in the early off seasons. Now, one thing that I do want to talk about aside from the record, aside from scheduling and all that is recruiting. Because recruiting has ticked up here with Coach Fleck at the helm, but can it take another step up? Can we get towards the top 25s more consistently? That's what fans want to see, but can it happen? We're talking about that coming up next. All right, Govers fans, we are wrapping it up, talking about some recruiting today. Can it take another step under P.J. Fleck? Now, Coach Fleck has consistently been bringing top 40-ish recruiting classes, depending on the recruiting systems you're looking at, whether it's on three, 247, rivals. He's consistently in that top 40-ish area in his seven years so far, but he's typically finishing in that 35 to 50 range. But can the Gophers get towards a 25 to 35 more consistently? Can they finish in that top 35 and towards 25 more often? I'm not sure on that one. And I think there's a key reason why you probably won't see that happen too much. But if you're talking about taking a slight tick up, I do think that's possible. And here's why. If you're already seeing the increases right now, 2023, we got two high school All-Americans to join the Gophers roster. Now, that was just a start, and that's the first time that that had happened for the Gophers in a while. Then on top of that, you go to the next year in 2024, and you had four high school All-Americans. You already see the progress going, and not only that, you ended up getting the guy who ended up being the high school All-American MVP of the game. Koi Parrish, a top 100 uh, recruit out there, stayed committed here at home. Now, with that, you've already, like I said, seen that kind of tick up over the last few years, but players on the verge of four stars, players that probably should have been four stars, have been ticking up. Zaquan Bryan should have been a four star across all platforms. I believe on three had him as one. Uh, Darius Taylor should have been a four star on all platforms, but I believe only on three had him as one. You see which one I'm starting to look at a little bit more because they're less biased towards the schools and a little bit more towards who the actual prospects are. Greg Johnson, who is a 
four star, I believe, on one platform. I think it was only on two, four, seven, but not on, on three. I think that these guys, they're getting a lot of guys on the verge across the platforms where they can really start to hopefully pull some more that are right on the uh, on the up and up, right above. But here's where I find issue, and here is why I said don't really hold your breath for those top 25s because what I just described in part is a part of the large issue because these recruiting services, or at least one in particular, seems to really positively rank players a bit more favorably when you go to a blue blood type school or when you go to a school that's starting to dominate in the SECs, when you go to a LSU, a Georgia, a Michigan, a Bama, a Ohio State, all of a sudden a kid who is on the verge of a four-star suddenly turns into a four-star their senior year because of reviewing the film. Now, is it just happenstance that the kids that ended up on those schools are the ones that get the positive dumps and bumps and they're reviewing the film more often than not, or is it a little bit of bias? And that's why these recruiting systems are never a perfect science. See, it's a little bit different to me. Meanwhile, you look at the four stars who before committing to a school that maybe isn't one of those blue bloods or the highly recognized programs, they were four star guys heading in their tape spoke highly of them. And all of a sudden they commit to a Minnesota or to a Kansas state or to an Iowa. And all of a sudden their senior year, after you get some more film review in there, suddenly they're not a four-star guy anymore. Even Wisconsin isn't getting some love with that. Uh, Mabry Metoyer was a four-star guy across the board, I believe. All of a sudden he goes to Wisconsin instead of the Clemson or the UNC that maybe he was projected as. And all of a sudden he's a three-star across a lot of these platforms. Like it's just a little bit biased. Now, I'm not saying that happens for every single thing, but I mean, look at Darius Taylor. The kid was a four-star across all platforms, rightfully so, and showed why. Then all of a sudden, he ends up staying with Minnesota instead of going to a Michigan or any of these other highly touted schools, and suddenly becomes a three-star on 247, and suddenly, you know, we're just going to forget about everything that had happened up to that point. His senior year film was better than any of his film by far, but somehow his ranking went down. It doesn't make sense. And then you go and watch him play in college and absolutely dominate, and you see why it doesn't make sense and why we need to get away from these specific, oh, they're going to Bama or they're going to Georgia, so bump it up a little bit. They're going to Miami, so bump it up a bit, a little bit. What has Miami done to get a recruiting bump for their guys? Plain and simple. Like, no disrespect to Miami fans, but overall, I'm not saying it happens every time, but it does, when it does happen, it seems to happen a lot more to the smaller schools or to the schools that don't get enough shine and enough love. So I wouldn't hold my breath on getting into the top 25 because those recruiting rankings consistently start to change. But because it, it happens, just like those two early Minnesota rankings, I think it's always going to be doubted or overlooked when it comes to Minnesota's recruits. But it's for that same reason why finding the right system fits, finding the right culture fits, finding the right work ethics in your recruits and who is going to fit your culture, your system, and continue to grind, that is more important to me than looking at these recruiting rankings because overall Minnesota has done fairly well in that department, but they can still improve. They need to continue to improve if they want to get into the conversation in the big 10. So overall, that's where I hope they keep developing. That is where I hope they keep grinding. And eventually 
it won't matter about the recruiting rankings. It'll matter what happens in the win and loss column. But what do you think? I want to know your thoughts below. Am I way off base? Am I spot on? Or am I just slightly onto something? Let me know your thoughts on the recruiting system. And if you think that Minnesota can consistently get to top 25, or if it's just the cards are against them, or they just can't get there regardless. I want to know your thoughts in the comments below on YouTube. But until then, I will see you tomorrow. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers as always. And don't forget to hit subscribe. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.